Hi. Hi. How are you all? We're a little blissed out after the holidays, but here we are. We're back, ready to record chapter 19. Andrew's going to read it. This is Romantic Underpinnings. Clearly, I'm off my game. I'm Ashton. I'm Andrew. Wow, this is really out of order. Should we start over? No. <laughs> um, if you've been following along, we're co-writing a romance novel. Andrew's writing the lady parts, and I'm writing the gentleman's parts. And it gets weird, and neither one of us has read either one of our chapters before we record them. And currently, our hero and heroine are traveling down the Seine. They started this chapter in Rouen. They're on a dubious mission for King William the Third. Third. Yeah. It's 1690. There's a war. They're trying to get some information to bring back to the king so that they can secure their own charter. Uh, I had to let the cat in because he was meowing quite annoyingly at the door. So I'm sure this will be a fine solution and he won't make any noise. Correct. Um, we have some social media stuff. Romanticunderpinnings.com. If you want to email us. We're hello at that web address. Our Insta is at Romantic Underpinnings and our Twitter is at Rom Underpod. We also have some merch if you're at all inclined. On I think it's Tee Public, but it's on our website and then you'd go to Tee Public or whatever it is. Redbubble? I don't remember. Something. Romanticunderpinnings.com for <laughs> all your merch needs anything and everything you could ever want yeah if you're walking around and you realize you don't have a shirt or if you're pouring hot coffee and you realize there's no mug in your hand and just splashing all over the counter you may decide you need a shirt or you need a mug and that's where romantic underpinnings comes in i think weirdly enough you could get like a shower curtain or a throw pillow or you could literally put our logo on whatever stuff they have there which is you know fun i guess all right <laughs> well okay that seems like it's a, a challenge. ringing endorsement send us a photo of yourself with the weirdest possible item that you have bought as merch and we will congratulate you for we'll spending you your money a shout out on this here podcast yes if you want the coveted shout out space <laughs> that people are just it's you could so be fam of the pod. Yeah, it's it's so exclusive <laughs> that no one has actually really gotten a shout out yet. Um, I've shouted out some people. Okay, but it was like more ironic than anything because it was my mother, and ah, I was doing it because she's not supposed to be listening. But anyway, here we are. All right. Well, if you are supposed to be listening and you want to <laughs> shout out, you know what to do. Um, well, I will be reading chapter nineteen. Um, so this is also, so when Ashton says that I'm writing the lady parts and she's writing the gentleman parts. <laughs> I didn't even, it didn't even happen to me. I wanted brain. to specify. That's hilarious. Yeah, that, uh, <sighs> Ashton is writing chapters from the perspective of the hero and I am writing chapters <laughs> from the perspective of the heroine. Whatever. Chapter 19 happens to be from the perspective of... Our the hero. gentleman part. Yes. <laughs> it's a one of the gentleman parts. And I am about one to read One of 19. This. Well, no, there's only Gen been 10 gentleman of... parts so far and nine lady parts. 
anyway. Oh man, I think that's funny. <laughs> I'm sorry if you don't think that's funny, but I think that's hilarious. I think anyone still listening this many episodes in will think that, that is funny. Otherwise, they would have stopped listening to the podcast ages Eons ago. Eons. All right. I think it is time. It is time for me to read and see what's going on after a month. Although in the lives of our characters, presumably much less time has elapsed. Mm, yeah, it's only like a half a day or whatever. Let's explore language, romance, and resilience. And welcome to Romantic Underpinnings. So before I start reading, just so I'm not surprised, did you in fact reread chapter 18 before you wrote this? I skimmed it. <laughs> I listened to it. Okay. But well. we both know that means nothing. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, well, we have plenty of time to iron out the continuity before we publish this. Oh, you just need a new writing partner. No. Who will be continual. No, we don't. I, it's not important. I just want to set my expectations. Well, your expectations should always be set and they should always be low. All right. With that ringing endorsement, mm. I will commence. Commence reading. The day dawned bright and crisp on the spire of the Rouen Cathedral. Oh, wait, is this? Oh, no, this. I feel like chapter 18 started a very similar way. Yeah, so? Didn't they spend two days there? Yeah, no, I'm just going to check real quick. Uh, my bad. <laughs> the Rouen Cathedral spire per appeared first around that's a bend in the river. Well, that's yeah, the but that's when they. Yeah. Fine. That's no. upon entry. You know what? Clearly, I did reread it. Yeah. <laughs> and I straight up stole it. I mean, it's it's fine. It's just, uh, it's a nice little establishing shot, I guess. So I know, I'm reusing shots. it. And right. they turn this into like a star's cinematic feature. The Ruan Cathedral Spire is going to appear twice in two episodes at the beginning. Mm. I'm just kidding. That wouldn't make sense. But anyway. Well, two episodes in the middle, probably. Or in the same episode twice. Yeah, well, as long as the guy from Outlander is cast in it, we'll work out the rest of the details later. I don't really later. care, yeah. That's true. All right. Anthony could feel the amount of time they were wasting on this mission, as if he was having to throw out food that was souring. It left a poor taste in his mouth. He wanted nothing more than to be over and done with this whole operation. Well, almost nothing more. The night previous had not been a comfortable one. He knew that he had to keep up appearance and bandy his visage around town, but the time and the proximity to Agatha was gnawing at him. They had managed to do an adequate job and still make it an in make it an in relatively early <laughs> to an in relatively early, I have to assume, but the inn in the small town had only one room. Just out of curiosity, what gave you the impression that Rouen is a small town? Is it, is it not? <laughs> it's pretty, but I mean... I assumed in 1690 it wouldn't be very big. I don't know. I mean, it was probably one of the four or five biggest cities in France at the time, if I had to guess. are very big, right? I mean, not compared to Paris it would or have more than present one day inn, Mexico are City. Are you saying? There would have been a lot of fans. Oh, fuck. I mean, I feel like Rouen has been a major city for quite a while. Well, you know what? And it's like the biggest city in the whole region. This version only has one in. Fair enough. 
Um, or maybe they only care about one chain. Like he has like a you know Marriott yeah, he only loyalty stays at reward the embassy thing. Suites. <laughs> exactly. So all the other ones are out of the question because of the uh, you know room rates and accumulating points and everything. So I honestly didn't even give that a second thought. It's all right. Uh, I mean. Should Most have probably thought about super it. Super fancy cathedrals. I mean, there's some exceptions. Like, I don't think Salisbury is very big. It's right. come up it in the last a huge cathedral. Most of the time, big ass cathedrals are in, you know, reasonably. Maybe there's only cities. one that would take ex con British soldiers. That's true. That. I mean, they were a war. Um, all right. Yes. The only inn that would Whatever. let them in. Whatever. The inn that they. That took his loyalty card. <laughs> They have oh, a scanner in the business center. This chapter is going to just be a massacre, I think. Let's, uh, well, let's see how let's see where it goes from here. Rouen is a small town. Yes. Lucky for them, there had been a cot on hand, and Anthony, being the consummate gentleman that he was, with all his parts, <laughs> had. Well, I hope they consummate soon. Um, mm had offered Agatha the bed and had taken the cot for himself. But this had left him on a bed that was much too small for his long frame, and it was lumpy to boot. To make matters worse, Agatha had been wearing the Frenchman's glasses all day and had had a terrible headache, and Anthony can tell, could tell that the pain was also making it hard for her to sleep. Oh, they knocked out a French customs officer and... Uh, uh, Agatha dressed up as him in the last chapter. It was fun. Um, I mean, I know. I did reread that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm telling the audience that. Oh, I they, you were telling me. I was like, I know. That's they haven't why had the luxury of rereading it recently. They, well, they, they might have listened over and over. You're right. Again you're right. and again. Obviously, all of our listeners are faithful and did that. Good. Well, yeah, sort of like how like a new season of a Prestige TV series comes out. People binge the preceding seasons in advance of the new one. That's, people probably listen to every episode of this podcast before each new one that they get to, just so they really, mm. so they can understand all the back references and subtle uh, narrative developments, uh, both inside our story and uh, in the constantly evolving, thrilling dynamic between the hosts. <laughs> <clears throat> She had passed the afternoon and evening as the pompous young man. What was... Oh, I guess we'll probably find out his name. I'm curious now. I forgot. The Frenchman, the young man. I didn't know his name. Okay. Wait, I don't know if we know his name before we knocked him out. Did you name him? Uh, yes. What was his name? I don't remember. <laughs> but you know how we could find out? Okay, listen, I did my best. <laughs> I can't be bothered to reread. Listen, at least I knew where we were and what we were doing. I don't know the size of the town or any other specifics. All right. Uh, he... Anthony had thought that this disguise would do nothing but annoy him, but he had been wrong yet again. Agatha had been outwardly convincing, but kept giving Anthony a snide side eye. Snide side eye. <laughs> that... Cyanide. That <laughs> hopefully not. Short chapter and sudden end to our book. Um, that portrayed her sense of irony and playfulness in her newfound role. Anthony couldn't help himself from smiling. This woman was incorrigible, and she was enjoying it. 
Her laughter was contagious to him in such a way that he spent most of their time together grinning and forgetting all about their objectives. They both met the day with disgruntled personalities. All they had to do was make it back to the ship and on to the next town. They had also needed to dump their kidnapped cargo as soon as possible. Anthony desperately needed some breathing room away from Agatha. Think of thinking of her again already this morning for the one hundredth time. <laughs> I'm so good at this. Is it just so clunky? Why are you making that face? Hard syntax is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're a hard syntax. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> their eyes met over their breakfast of coffee and croissant. Oh yum! I know. I had to. Oh, I did go down a very weird. Oh fuck! I didn't look up. When croissants happened? Do you know how old they're? No. But I did look up when coffee came to be a thing, and it's like 1672. So it's only been around for like 18 years. In, mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't care. They're drinking coffee. I mean, they definitely were in Paris. I don't know if it had reached the small towns like well, Rouen. Like, shut up. <laughs> it's one of the four or five biggest mm-hmm. and the largest in the region. I don't know. I haven't looked that up. I do. I really want to see how old croissants are, though. All right. I just, Stay tuned, everyone. I just assumed, um, like, they'd been around until the dawn of, like, before the dawn of time. I mean, um, well, I, f- I think Costco started in, like, the 70s or something. Mm-hmm. And I thought croissants were invented by the Costco bakery and oh, originally really? came in those... Big, sad packages of, like, 36. 1839. Fuck. Oh, no. I know. Okay. So they're just eating bread. My bad. Well, they could probably... There's probably oh, some kind of... it's a plainer form of a kepferl. K-I-P-F-E-R-L. So we, it could have been a kepferl. And because those dated back to the 13th century in Austria. Oh, kepferl. All right. Or just bread, I guess. Yeah, I, I feel like... Yeah, some kind of crusty peasant loaf never goes on. Yeah, the they could do like a brown thing, you know? Yum. Anyway, um. Coarse bread. They were probably Damn. also, you know, smoking galoises and drinking orangina and all the other good French things you can I do. I was so happy with myself for that because breakfast in France is like literally the best thing ever. It's good. And it's a good time. The current, like, you know, version didn't exist. Aw. Sad. He could feel her thinking about him as well. She hastily looked down and rubbed her forehead. He winced in compassion for her. The glasses were on the table. A Frenchman sauntered up to their table. Agatha and Anthony both tensed. The stranger rapidly started speaking to them. Agatha's face clouded in confusion. What? What? Oh, I just didn't think it would be good for the rhythm of the podcast for me to pick apart your syntax more. Mm. But... But you wanted to? Yes. Oh. (laughs) Agatha's face clouded in confusion. The man began gesturing wildly. Anthony watched her face clear and then darken, first in frustration and then in anger. Anthony had no idea what the man was saying. But he knew instinctively it was not good for them or their mission. So they're at a cafe. Well, they're at the inn. 
I'm assuming okay. the inn has like a ta- tavern. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. don't most inns have like continental breakfast? Yeah. I yeah. assume for extra. Yeah, they really should have been eating those um, waffles where you pour the batter out of the machine into a styrofoam cup. <laughs> I just think that still, didn't most inns still have like some yeah. sort of eating No, I think so. I just, thing. I just assumed they were in their room and they no, brought they like went down for breakfast or whatever, okay. or went out. Yeah, no, no, that, that works. I just didn't know if they'd gone like out, out, or were still in the inn. They're just trying to eat something before they go back to the boat, basically. All right. I would. He stayed tense coiling his muscles and waiting for any sign that he would need to grab for the knife in his boot. If this man went for Agatha, he would. Just as he was thinking that, Agatha jerked up from her chair, knocking it over. She stood a solid six inches shorter than the man before her, but anger wadded up from her like a tide. Wadded? It's supposed to be weighted. W-A-D-E-D? Yeah, like water waiting, right? Like water rising. I don't think that that even... Is that not a thing either? I mean, people wade in water. I don't know if water itself actually wades. Why not? I mean... (laughs) Wading involves, like, an actor, like, traveling through some kind of... I'm just teasing you, by the way. It was supposed to be weighted up, but now that you say it, it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I mean... Uh, Sometimes I try and get creative because I don't want us to sound like a giant um, cliche and it doesn't always pan out. I mean, like 98% of the time it doesn't really work. Well, yeah, we, I don't, th- I mean, our loyal listeners know, but I don't think we mentioned this. Not only are we, do we read each other's chapters for the first time, these are first drafts. Right. Very, very first, fresh off the fingers. I didn't want to say anger rising like a tide. That seemed mm-hmm. too played out. But obviously the words I chose didn't make sense either. Yeah. Anger surged over her breakwaters like a rising tide. I don't know what her breakwaters are. I don't love that either, but. Anyway. Whatever. Um, She's mad. Yeah. (laughs) She stuck a finger in his chest and berated him in French. Anthony could follow none of it, but stood. He watched as the man slowly backed down. Anthony stood in awe of this woman. Was there nothing she couldn't face? Period. Did I not have a period? No, I I would have question thought mark? question mark. You know what? It makes it fun. <laughs> For who? <laughs> <laughs> TBD. Yeah. Um. Anyway. The man appeared to get smaller and smaller until he finally slunk away. She turned to Anthony. Let's go, she murmured in English under her breath, so that only he could hear. Wait. Oh, whoops. That was me. What? Where? He started. She cut him off. Now, she bit out. Now, she bit out. I had to bite it more. Mm. He took the hint and made his way out of the tavern, almost grabbing her hand, but stopping himself a moment before it was too late. They made it out the door, and she broke into a run. Anthony quickly caught on and was in step with her in seconds. They made it to the ship in record time to find only chaos. (laughs) The crew was running frantically and shouting. Anthony leapt aboard. Man, you can't leave this crew alone for five minutes. That's one thing I've learned while writing this book. I think so. They're sort of just incompetent. 
Well, let's find out how this time. What the devil is going on here? He bellowed. The crew didn't even flinch, nor did they cease their mayhem. Anthony shouted again, to no effect. Agatha stuck her right hand in her mouth and whistled. The men immediately stopped and turned toward her. I wish I could do that. I, I know. I can't whistle at all, much less. Can it's you not... do the hand and mouth whistle? No. The really loud one? No. My like normal whistle's pretty loud, but I'm not gonna do it on a podcast because that's like the only one cardinal rule I'm gonna follow. Okay, can we borrow a bird to make an annoying noise? Anyone wants to listen to that. Oh, oh. Really? You want me to actually whistle? Yes. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> on on air. Yeah, Battle Hymn of the Republic. Do it. I I don't know even know that song, but you do. No. I sing it all the time. I sing it right now. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He has loosed the fatal lightning. Okay. okay. <laughs> there we go. It would be more like that, though. Yeah. I would oh, that was good, but you didn't have your hand in your mouth. Well, I don't need it. I'm loud enough, and also I can't do it that way. All right. What's going on here? Anthony tried again. Thank you for whistling, by the way. Mm. The men looked dumbly at him and then at each other, sharing guilty glances. Mm. They slowly appeared to come to some sort of consensus, and Lobo stepped forward, apparently deemed the spokesperson. Anthony waited. Well, uh, er, Captain, he started. The feeling of unease that had started creeping up Anthony's spine during the strange encounter in the inn ricocheted up. What? Is that bad, too? Uh, it's interesting. <laughs> I think it basically works. It's just not you what I would have expected. that one is okay. Ricocheting up the spine? Why not? Yeah. Sure. It's hitting all of his other... Mm-hmm. Each... Each, uh... each um, vertebra. Yes. Vertebrae? No, it's vertebra. Thank you for saying that. Yoga teachers always fuck that up. They say, <laughs> they say like, you know, curl up vertebrae by vertebrae. And, and that like, makes no mm, sense. Because that's only plural. The plural. Yeah. Right. All right. No, God, we're that. just insufferable betwixt the two of us. That's why we have a podcast. <laughs> we needed an outlet. <laughs> Some more than others in this room. I'll take that. <laughs> Good, um, it was aimed at you. He had never le- heard Lobo struggle for words. Whatever he was about to say did not bode well. Spit it out. Anthony spat the words himself, his mind racing. He could not even think of what could have gone wrong now. There were so many possibilities, but none of them seemed remotely probable. Captain, the man from below... Well, he ahem escaped, Lobo finally managed. Relief passed through Anthony. The disarray had nothing to do with Agatha, at least not yet. But they needed to leave Rouen immediately. He didn't care how the captive had escaped or whose fault it was. It was time to go. He started barking orders at the crew, instructing them to shove off before that pompous asshat came back with an entire battalion looking for his foppish clothing and warrants for the lot of them. I know we don't try very hard to have contemporary, you know, 1690s language, but I love the idea of Anthony's internal monologue being like, that asshat. (laughs) (laughs) I 
good. <laughs> when did they start saying ass hat? I thought it was funny. It fits the because he's a. I mean, I would guess around two thousand two. You know what? <laughs> what would you call them? I don't know. I want to cad well, heel degenerate. Mm-hmm. It's not really a degenerate. Yeah, windbag. I feel no, like windbag, windbag has been around for a long time. Oh, come on, I like ass hat. I mean, ass hat is fine if you're in 2002. <sighs> but, you know, again, we we aren't the language police. Like, I... We're my... not? No, we're actually not. What What's with the badge you've got? <laughs> Pin here, label, label. <laughs> my label? Your collar. What is Lapel? it? Lapel? Lapel. Jesus. Why on earth did I make these people go to France? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, we do not care about actual word use. I just did like the contrast with Asshat. Um, hopefully he would be too embarrassed by running around in his undergarments to cause too much of a stir, but they couldn't bank on this. Within half an hour, they were leaving the dock and making slow progress down the River Seine. He had ordered the crew to don any disguises they had in their possession. They had also created all new documents and destroyed the old ones. Lastly, they tried to camouflage the ship as best they could, changing out the rigging and sails with spares they had on hand for just such a purpose. Once Anthony felt they, they were safely away, he cornered Agatha, where she stood in the galley, boiling potatoes for dinner. My bunk, now. He ordered her. Oh, wait, she tied him up. Or she at least helped tie him up. I hope she didn't fuck it up. Let's find out. I didn't even think of that. I just assumed it was Lobo because we made a joke earlier about how he was bad at securing cargo. Mm. But it doesn't really. I'm pretty sure there was something in chapter 18 um, because Agatha's really good with knots. Conspicuously good with knots after um, oh, yeah, her yeah, adventures yeah. earlier in the book. But I didn't, I sort of just wanted to be rid of him. Mm-hmm. I didn't really want to deal with him. Okay. Just down the line. I mean, uh-huh. he can pop back up if we desire, but I didn't want to deal with, like, dumping his mm-hmm. body in a field or whatever, and I wanted them to, like, move on. Okay. So, anyway. All right, we'll figure out who's ultimately I don't know if we need, later. I mean, I don't really think Anthony cares about that at all. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But I just I just don't want my heroine's fine bondage work to be besmirched uh, is all. All right. But we'll, well, no one knows what happened when they left cuz they were gone for like a day and a half. A day and a half? Yeah, they spent the whole day in town and the night. Oh, and the, like okay. part of the next morning, right? Like they had breakfast. Oh yeah, stuff. I guess it was pretty early. So <laughs> I mean, they could have undone him to pee or feed him or whatever. That's fair. All right. Right? Like Agatha's conscience duped Charlie into whatever he wanted because Charlie's not very bright. True. Basically. I mean Yeah, I mean didn't speak English, but still. Um As long as Agatha's conscience is clean, aside Mm. from whatever she's gonna discuss with Anthony in his bunk, uh let's see. My bunk now, he ordered her. She looked taken aback at his tone but unsurprised by his desire to speak to her alone. Once they were safely ensconced in his room, he questioned her. Who was that man in the inn, he asked. He stood with his back barricading the door. 
In such a small space, they were practically nose to nose. She looked up at him. It was irritating and unsettling how lovely her gaze was when he was the only one in her purview. She started speaking. He immediately knew she wasn't telling the truth. He stopped listening and interrupted her. Stop, he growled. He felt her tense in front of him. He backed up as much as he was able. His intention wasn't to scare her, merely get the truth. He was blunt. You're lying, he said. He sounded harsh even to his own ears. He tried again. I could see that that man unnerved you. As long as it doesn't endanger the crew or our aims, you can keep it to yourself. He started to say more, but she interrupted. Oh, I can, can I? She asked rhetorically. He realized his error at once, but her hackles were up. She was no longer nervous or afraid. She was tense. She turned brittle. Well, thank you so much for your graciousness, Captain, she continued in the same tone. He tried to back up even further, but there was nowhere to go. He held up his hands to illustrate his apology. Look, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it like that. I was only... He trailed off. She wasn't listening to him, only glaring in his direction. He took a risk and stepped toward her. This didn't seem to make the situation any worse, so he placed his hands on her shoulders. She let out a huff of air, relaxing slightly into his hands. Oh yeah, she was. He tried again. Agatha, please listen. I am sorry I implied I would force you into a choice. I saw the way you reacted to that man. I just wanted to see if you were all right. And yes, I also wanted to ensure that there isn't any more, co more cause for alarm to me, the crew, and our mission, he said, his tone softening even further. She stared at him for the space of a heartbeat, and then another. He thought she wasn't going to speak at all, but she surprised him. He recognized me. Me as Agatha, I mean. He is a merchant that my father had several dealings with. I don't think he'll sound the alarm, but he is going to tell my father, she said. She looked down and frowned. This information seemed to disturb her greatly. It disturbed me too, but fuck, that's a great plot point to bring in. I love it. You do? Yes. You know, no, we can work with this. It's well, going to be fun. I think so. I mean, I thought so. I just sort of wanted to be rid of the stupid idiot Frenchman and do something a little more interesting. I think it's more interesting. Well, I was planning to have all sorts of fake Frenchman follies. I mean, we still can do that. Fake. Yeah. She farcical, still has his outfit. Yeah. Farcical fake Frenchman follies. Oh, God. Um. All right. So, yeah, she can always go undercover when she wants. And if, if they're in a different town, she probably doesn't have to wear his glasses as well. And then she won't have a headache. And I think it's in our interest for our characters not to have headaches. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly in our readers' interest. As long as they don't start washing their hair. <laughs> that didn't happen very often in the 17th century, so we should be good. Okay. Um, all right, no, I love it. Let's finish the chapter. We're near the end. I hate to inform you, readers. He wanted more information, but didn't want to take more from her than she was willing to give. He paused in the silence. She looked up at him again, 
fear clouding her features. He didn't like the feeling that ran through him. He was overcome by a fierce protectiveness that was foreign. The air in the room changed between them, holding a quality of heat that hadn't been there seconds before. He wasn't going to get any more information, but she hadn't reacted to what he'd felt shift between them. He didn't want her like this. He dropped his hands from their place on her shoulders. He sidestepped her, allowing her the space to leave the room if she wished. But he didn't want her to leave. End of chapter? Yep. End of chapter? Yeah. Oh my god. I'm going to write the next chapter so soon. I can't wait to see what happens and what I make happen. Me too. So one somewhat interesting thing is they were supposed to like switch to a barge in Ruan because beyond Ruan the Sen gets like all shallow and hard for ocean going boats to navigate. Yeah, A totally forgot about that completely, but they were in quite a hurry. But I wonder how far how much time, like maybe there's a tiny village they'll be able to stop in and sell off. Now they might have to go overland. Mm. But they do have quite a bit of cargo to be rid of as well. I I mean, I don't know if it immediately gets shallow. I obviously didn't look at that at all. I don't know what town is next either. Neither do I. I do. I mean, they also could have gone back uh, downriver a little ways. That's true. They they could have gone the other direction. But I like the idea of overland. It might be fun, right? Yes, but we can't get them out of the cabin too soon because it's nice that they can hang out in the cabin. Um, right. the rest of the crew is probably all like, uh, right at the door, just listening with but, cups. Yeah, exactly. But whatever. If they decide to go overland though, they mm-hmm. could get like a carriage. Ooh, a carriage. Ooh, yeah. Cause if they don't sell mm-hmm. off all their shit, then they, you know, they have to do something with it. Some tents, um, some oxen. I don't think anybody's really going to be super stoked about getting rid of his boat either way. Like, I don't know what we were going to do. I mean, it's not like his most favorite ship or anything, but he d- he is a well, seafaring person. Yeah, well, they would barge the. You sort of just lodge the boat in a boat hotel. Is that what you do? Yeah, uh, and then you barge up the river, you barge <laughs> back down the river, and then you get back to your boat and go home. Ah, okay. or you you ideally trade for some other stuff and then take your new stuff back to England to sell. Although I don't think they really care about that for this. I mean. Why they not care because stuff? they want to, like, make money so they're not, like, you mm-hmm. know, stealing shit the entire time. But I don't think they're, it's their, like, main aim, right? Well, yeah, but they could sell their wares and then just have cash. Right, that's what I'm really, suggesting. Yeah, bringing stuff back to England doesn't really matter. Anyway, we'll see. Maybe they'll get camels and Ooh, just camels ride them. Camels would be cool, but yeah. I don't think they're... Super duper available in Rouen in 1690. Yeah, and way more common in uh, southern France than northern France, oh, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm sure. All right. Well, I can't wait to write it and find out what I write. Me too. I can't wait to record this next chapter because your mellifluous tones will vastly improve whatever chicken scratch that I barf onto Google Docs. And Is that what yours do to mine? No, <laughs> no, uh, my, uh, my grading tones tarnish the crystalline prose that you slather with a delicate yet generous touch onto 
the gorgeous cheese board of Google Docs. You're just lying now. You don't like my syntax ever. No, I... Well, the thing about me is every time I don't like your syntax, you know. So any any sentence that I... Because I can't fake it. So any sentence that I don't pick apart basically means it's perfect. Oh. Oh, I also do want to apologize to the listeners for the singing and the whistling. Having not heard it, I'm sure it was bad. Sorry. I would like to pick up from that sentiment and uh, apologize for absolutely nothing. (laughs) Because why would people listen if not to, you know, be exposed to our manifold talents? I think there's no better note on which to end the episode. I forgot my thing. What's my sign of adoringly? Oh, no, uh, languidly. Languidly! But first, before they get languid, while they're still full of pep and vim and vigor, they should like our podcast. Yes. They should subscribe to our podcast. Leave a review if you're so inclined. If you are too lazy to leave a review, and I would not judge you for that, leave a rating! It's fast! Send this to your weird friend who's also into historical fiction. They'll probably get a kick out of it. You all know who you all have a weird aunt or uncle or, you know, friend. I think, yeah, weird aunts are probably our best demographic. Probably if they own a cat or two, that's going to be right up their alley. All right. So you have your assignment. My assignment is right in the next chapter. (laughs) And we'll see you again next week. Oh, I also like yours, etc. That was in a different oh. book we were reading. Who's that book by? We can give them a shout out. Yeah, Cat Sebastian. Great we're, writer. We're, well, Andrew's mostly reading me. Cat Sebastian, what's the name of it? Uh, Unmasked by the Marquis. It's pretty good. It's also, we were getting some inspiration, sort of, not really inspiration, but it's also a lady masquerading as a gentleman in order to get his, her, um, not really sister, but sort of sister. A, a reputable suitor to be wed to so that she can stop pretending but she falls in love along the way and it's pretty good and she one of the parts of the book um the hero signs a letter he wrote to the heroine yours etc i just think that's good it is a very good sign off um yeah now i feel uh, inadequate because cat sebastian is a conspicuously good prose stylist she's very good um we, she has our stamp of approval for whatever it's worth, which is, you know, nothing. But Oh, come on. <laughs> you know, when we tell people to buy shower curtains, they buy shower curtains. Mm-hmm. When we tell people to buy desk blotters with our podcast <laughs> logo blotters. on every single page, they <laughs> to, buy To the go desk along blotters. with your, you know, legitimate ink pen, your feather pen. Yes, exactly. Quill. I used to have a desk blotter. That's how old Seriously? I am. Seriously? Yeah, I did. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Anyway. You are old. That's not the point. <laughs> Before we get down too far into that rabbit hole, uh, you'll have a chance to do your sign-off. Um, we, and you can mix and match your sign-offs. But from me to you, you the listener, not you, Ashton, mm. I just want to say, tune in again next week for another episode of Romantic Underpinnings. Yours, etc. Bye.